This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Uh, good morning, Canada. Zakito Weeks on location, the year's fifth major, the Players' Championship, and uh, a very different golf tournament than I think we were all anticipating. I don't know how we shoot these scores around this venue, but that's what we're seeing so far. Will we see it continue for the last 36 holes? Who knows? we got lots to get to, but before we do, let's bring in uh, Bob Weeks. Bob, good morning, my friend. Are you surprised as I am? at uh, some of these scores we're seeing around the, the stadium course this week. Yeah, stunned, I think, would be more of the word. It's pretty uh, pretty remarkable to see how low these guys are going and, and how many of them and how wide a variety of styles of golfers you have out there shooting these scores. That leaderboard, I mean, I guess we should be, become accustomed to it if you look at the past champions, but you've got big hitters, long hitters, old guys, young guys. I mean, it's, it's quite a mix up there at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, and that's really the beauty of this golf tournament. And, and we talked about this on our one-hour TV special this week, which makes it almost really impossible to handicap this golf tournament. And right now, um, Webb Simpson, who has not won on the PGA Tour in five years, has a five-shot lead over a host of players that have been playing well, actually, the last couple of weeks, especially Charles Schwartzel coming off a decent week in Charlotte. And then, of course, Jason Day at eight under, a couple back, uh, who won last week in Charlotte. Uh, but it really, at this point, is, I guess, Webb Simpson's to win or lose. And uh, do you see him crawling back at all today, Bob? Or do you see him keeping the pedal down? I, I personally think, you know, and I have no reason to think this after watching the last 36 holes, but it's been a while for Webb Simpson. Maybe the setup gets a little different today. And maybe Webb has a hard time leading uh, this far ahead. In other words, you know, you start playing defense and you can have problems on the PJ Tour. Yeah, and, and listen, Webb Simpson has a record uh, that's not that great when he's been leading after 36 holes. He's had a share or the outright lead 10 times. He's only managed to close it out once. Now, not many of those were with five-shot leads. But I think this, if, if it was another golf course, it, it might be a different uh, situation. But I think on this golf course, so much can happen. I mean, we thought he might be in the running for a 59, and look what happens on 17. It just takes one swing down that stretch um, to change things dramatically, and we've seen that time and time again, and you can look at different uh, scenarios in the past, like Len Matisse or Sergio or anybody, that, uh, that I don't think until you've tapped in on the 18th hole you can, you can be really comfortable with, uh, with a lead. We have lots to get to today. Of course, we're going to hear uh, from a lot of players at the Players' Championship. We're going to go heavy today on the year's fifth major. Uh, Bob went one-on-one with the commish. Uh, Mr. Jay Monahan. he went one-on-one with our, our, our three Canadians in the field that all made the cut this week at the Players' Championship, which is no small feat whatsoever. We got winners. We're going to what? Uh, we've got a special Scully time because uh, rumor has it yeah. uh, someone did a little something special this week at Bayview uh, Golf Club there with an ace. So we'll see uh, if he has come down off cloud nine yet. Uh, master producer of self, Mr. Adam Scully, with a hole-in-one. We'll, we'll talk a little bit of that today as well. Uh, but let's get to some news and headlines. 
News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. Bob, let's start with the previously mentioned Webb Simpson. He goes low, ties a course record, but the story for me is not the fact that he ties a course record, is that, you know, there was a potential 59 uh, still in the mix or in the air, or certainly a new course record at the very least, and then he uh, finds the water on 17, and, and people talk about this time and time again. You know, the best players in the world, why can't they just hit this wedge on, onto that putting surface and move on? Uh, but it reminds me so much of, of 12 at Augusta. Just They're standing there. They're trying to guess the wind. It, there's just so much penalty. And, and, and really, you're not talking about a bogey. It's amazing to me how automatic quite often that double is because that shot from the drop, the drop zone, no peach at all. No. It's interesting. I, I was trying to figure out what causes so much trouble. Mackenzie Hughes told me earlier in the week, he said if, that was, if the water was grass, it would be the most benign par three on tour. And, you know, he said something, another thing that was quite interesting, he's just, just talking about the mental side of it, obviously. But, um, but you know, he said that, that a lot of times you get mixed up, like you do at Augusta, with the winds and the way they buffet on the water. So he's, in other words, if you look at the water, you see the wind going one way. But if you look at the flag... You see it coming another way. And the other thing that one of the caddies mentioned to me is ever since they started building those um, big big uh, sky boxes there, a lot of the wind now is either tough to feel or it's bouncing off. So, again, it's a, it's a lot like, uh, like Augusta in terms of, of not being able to kind of get a good read on that wind, and that is what causes a lot of the problems. Yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent with that. I think uh, if you if you rip those chalets down, I think you the scoring average on that hole. I'm not saying it would be you know a, a walk in the park, but I think you're right. I think a lot of that trickery there, uh, which you know obviously is, I think is just just going to get worse over the years because I don't see them breaking <laughs> hospitality at all. So exactly, uh, but certainly throws a, 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 you know new things into the mix. Now, big names went home this week. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Mickelson, just nowhere to be found. Two of those names in that star group of uh, Woods, Fowler, and Mickelson. Uh, is there a name that shocks you out of those three or someone else? I know we both thought Ricky was going to have a good week, and uh, here he is uh, not playing the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously looked at, uh, at Ricky as a guy who was a past champion here and, and really kind of, just stumbled on a few holes, uh, got into that, maybe got dragged down with the, with the morass of, of Phil and, uh, and Tiger. Uh, I think Rory was a bit of a stunner, too, because I, I think listening to him coming in, he felt like he was playing really good golf. But um, you just never know around here, and, and I guess there are horses for courses, but it seems like, you know, like, like Ricky is a guy who's played so well here so many times that that may be the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually thought Nicholson would have a good week as well, just because I know how much he enjoys the spotlight alongside Tiger now, very different than the first 10 years of his career versus the last 10. But man, yeah. Phil is starting to talk and act like 48 is, uh, is going to mean something to him. I have, you know, multiple occasions this year where Mickelson has spoken about uh, feeling fatigued and not having it in the tank, and uh, 
And he spoke a lot this week, Bob, about changing his preparation for what he considers a major so that he would have energy, and it just wasn't there. Well, you're right. And, and you know, I don't know how much we want to get into that shirt that he wore, but <laughs> that's another part. But, you know, it's it's uh, it was just so unfill-like to watch him go around that golf course and just struggle so mightily, especially that second nine on the first day where he just had three double bogeys within four holes. And, and when you look at the the overall performance that he put in, there's just nothing that was going well for him. And I don't know how you slice it or dice it, but boy, it's just, I, I, I think he was probably a little bit surprised at, at the performance that he put in. Now, speaking of that shirt, Bob, I, I don't know about you. I had so many texts, social media, everybody all over Phil for the shirt. Obviously, uh, you know, it was it was a sales pitch. They were, <laughs> they were introducing a, a new shirt in, in, a, in a new high-tech fabric, etc. To me, it looked weird. It just didn't fit. Uh, I, I didn't like the look, but apparently uh, sales went booming on Thursday after he wore it. <laughs> yes. So the story behind the shirt is there's a company called Mizzen and & Main, and uh, they did a deal with Phil, which included Phil getting a – good chunk of the company and uh he wasn't actually contracted to wear it he doesn't actually have to put that shirt on during the golf tournament but he decided that it would be a good thing to do and as you said he took a, a lot of abuse not only from social media but i can tell you walking around on the golf course with him was something to hear the cat calls coming from the uh from the uh, audience of one guy yelled out hey phil when you're done can you come and do my taxes um which i thought was the best, the best remark However, the company did say that after the first round on Thursday, their sales boomed. So a lot of people obviously liked the shirt as well. So uh, they said they had a, a, almost a record day in terms of online sales. So maybe, uh, maybe Phil is, uh, is the sneaky winner in this thing after all. Yeah, he'll have the last laugh when he's cashing more checks, Bob, and, and we're not, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, both of us have been down here all week poking around, doing different things. I know we've both seen Lawrence uh, Applebaum, uh, and I know he's on his way home either today or or left last night. Um, You know, we were all expecting a schedule announcement this week on the uh, the PGA Tour's new schedule. That's not going to happen. Uh, I've been told in the next couple of weeks it will be released. A bunch of different rumors as to why it was not released late sponsorship money coming in uh, last minute tweaking uh, to the calendar but what i haven't got bob is any confirmation at all on what a new canadian open date might be have you heard anything since you've been down here well we've heard a few uh, a few different rumors i have two good sources who have told me that it will be changing dates so so the, the week after the open championship may not be that one but i've heard a number of other different possibilities uh, one that I'd heard before I came here was actually that it was going to be the week before the U.S. Open. Then I heard uh, that it might actually be the week before the British Open. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where it does end up. And I will tell you this, that speaking to a couple of people from Golf Canada, they don't know exactly right. They, they, may, they may know now, but they did not know when they arrived, when they got down here. They were not sure what their final date was going to be. Um, but they are pretty sure it's going to be moving. Um, they did say, however, that, that there is still a chance that it might not. It might stick there. But I, from the two sources that I have, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that I can say we're going to get a new date. Uh, I put the, the question to the commissioner, and we'll hear his answer a, bit, a little bit later in the show. 
Yeah, I, I basically have kind of heard the same thing. I also heard uh, July 2nd thrown around a little bit. I wonder if that's still in the mix uh, as we still have uh, the national without a sponsor, which was the AT&T national. I wonder if that comes into play or if there is a new sponsor for that that's about to be released in the new schedule. Uh, I, you know, there's so many question marks. I guess we'll have to wait and see. The good news is we won't have to wait long. Uh, finally, in closing, just a couple of uh, quick notes before we go to break. Uh, Tokyo, Tokyo Olympic Golf Course is adding uh, female members, finally. And also, Bob, <laughs> your home club, Weston, jumped in last minute because uh, Beacon Hall was just not prepared to host that U.S. Open qualifier uh, for advanced U.S. Open qualifying. And guess what? Surprise, surprise, Weston didn't lay down. Weston, to me, was the winner at the U.S. Open qualifier. Well, nice to see some guys getting through there with uh, Taylor Pendrith, a guy that we've expected to kind of have a little breakout. He's unfortunately gone through some uh, some injuries with his wrist, and when you see how hard he swings, it might not be that much big of a surprise. Uh, but, yeah, three under was the low score, and some, some, uh, some good players out there. So uh, the course held its own, but nice to see four uh, Canadian players moving on to the next stage, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll get through and show up at the U.S. Open at Shinnecock in a few weeks. All right, there it is, uh, Weston, three under, unreal. I, I, you know what? I know it's such a good golf course, and uh, and this is usually why you take all the money, Bob, when everybody goes out and plays golf, because, you you know, you carry that <laughs> cap around Weston. That thing travels, baby, that cap travels. All right, on the other side, Bob went one-on-one with the commish, Jay Monahan, who has been all over the place this week. He's like uh, the hostess with the mostest down here at, uh, at, at TPC Sawgrass. He's been very uh, uh, engaging and, and, and kind of out there and talking and, and dealing with everything, doing a great job this week. And Bob went one-on-one with the commission. We'll hear that next. This is Golf Talk Canada, live from the Players' Championship here, the year's fifth major. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. Another big win for that TP5 golf ball last week. As I saw Jason Day rattle it off that stick at 17. What a, what a shot that was. We're live at the Players' Championship, the year's fifth major. Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, been down all week covering the action. And Commissioner Jay Monahan has been out engaging with the media, out there shaking hands, kissing babies. He had the opportunity to sit down with Bob Weeks. They went one-on-one. Let's hear from the commissioner. All right, Commissioner Monahan, always good to see you. In an age of social dominance, how important do you feel it is for the players to have a presence on social media? And do you guys foster anything with that to have an interaction with the fans? I think it's, um, I think it's critical. It's very important. And um, you know, our players are all independent contractors. They're, they have their own brands. They have their own networks. So if you go back five years ago, we didn't allow a phone on site at our tournaments. You go back a year ago, we didn't allow fans to capture video. 
and we have put a lot of tools in place that encourage our players to engage fans, engage with them socially, and similarly for players to engage uh, with for player for fans to engage with our players. So, I think you're seeing a lot of that represented in the significant growth we've seen with our overall social social media profile. I think our players added 10 million followers, up 25% year over year just last year. We've got a social media leaderboard where we're tracking all the players' level of engagements. So they're seeing how they're performing relative to everybody else out here, just like they would look at the FedEx Cup points. And we're doing everything we can to make certain that the social currency you have around these events and this concept of live under par and, and this being about more than just being a way of playing but about being a way of living, that all comes to life through these platforms, really encouraging and inviting our fans forward in that front. We know that some possible changes to the U.S. law is coming and it might allow for some betting on golf. What's the tour's position on that and have you done any groundwork to, uh, to for a possible rollout? Yeah, we've been looking at that for the last couple of years and uh, done a couple things. One, we have formally launched an integrity program here at the tour um, that all of our players, constituents, myself, uh, are bound to. We've also hired Genius Sports to monitor all activity just so we have an understanding of what's happening in the marketplace, particularly the international marketplace. And then we've also joined uh, here in the U.S. the NBA Major League Baseball in a coalition to represent our thinking as it relates to the potential regulation of sports betting. And we think that, you know, safe and responsible fan engagement, uh, having a sport that is regulated versus being in a car the black market that we currently in are in and really understanding what is happening with the consumer and then ultimately having commercial opportunities as a, resu as a result of it. Those are the reasons why we support it. So the integrity of the competition is foremost then? It always is. And we're a, we're, a, we're a sport that leads with integrity. Our players call penalties on themselves uh, when nobody is looking. And so that will always be first and foremost. We have an incredibly strong brand. This is our 50th year uh, in business as an organization, as the PGA Tour. So I think anything that we do along those lines, we're going to take very seriously, which is why you put the systems in place. We've done it with the Integrity Program and with Genius Sports. And then you've got to be thoughtful about your participation and your role uh, as it goes forward, should it be legalized. And that's a decision that's in the Supreme Court right now. But we'll be prepared to do so uh, if it is legalized. You know, I can't let you go without asking you. The PGA Tour schedule is going to come out for 2019 soon. And, uh, of course, Canadian golf fans always want to know if the RBC Canadian Open will be getting any kind of a different date. Any update there for us? Well, we're, um, I know we've talked about that in the past, and we still have some moving parts on our overall schedule. Um, just came off the RBC Heritage, had a great event. Uh, we'll have another great event here coming up at the RBC Canadian Open. And, as you know, RBC is a fantastic partner. So... I think when we when we finalize our schedule, you'll see that the overall schedule uh, is going to get even stronger, and we think every tournament will benefit as a result of it. The specifics of how the schedule works, I can't get into at this point. <laughs> Thank so, you, Commissioner. Thank you, Bob. Great to be with you. Thanks for being here. I love it. He's getting very good at talking and saying nothing like all good commissioners should do. <laughs> all joking aside, I think he's doing a great job. And I like all the changes uh, potentially coming that we've talked about, uh, whether it be scheduling, whether it be uh, how they're working, you know, under potential new laws in the U.S. when it comes to gambling. 
Um, you know, it's a tough environment finding sponsors, uh, growing the tour, getting out of the way of the NFL playoffs and getting the FedEx Cup uh, handed out, excuse me, before the NFL starts their regular season, getting our playoffs away from the NFL. I'm a fan of all of it, Bob. The one thing I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of the new tagline, live under par. I don't know how you feel about that. I've had a lot of people come uh, to me this week very confused about it. Why would I want to live under par? That sounds substandard or... Aren't you working PGA Tour live this week? What's live under par? So I'm not so sure about that one or how you feel about it, but overall I think uh, it's a job well done. Yeah, I, uh, I really like engaging with, uh, with the commissioner. He's, he's a really nice guy, spends a lot of time doing the right things with people with you know, all sorts of uh, different causes and stuff. And you know, he took time out this week to phone all the past champions of the Players' Championship and just say, uh, you know, thanks for, for being a winner and, and, and living from there. I will point out that I have asked him that question now. In my last three interviews with him, I've asked him about the bait change. And the first two times he said, we think that the RBC Canadian Open does really well in the, in the spot it has. He didn't say that this time. He gave a bit of a different answer. He didn't say anything uh, that would lead me to believe that it's going to have a specific date. But the way he answered it, again, kind of just reinforces to me uh, that, that we're going to see a change. I think you might be right. It's what he didn't say that gave it away maybe that time for sure. Uh, all right, Bob, we had uh, three Canadians uh, make the cut. Uh, we're going to hear from them next. Uh, any thoughts before we go to break on our performances? Obviously, Hadwin at four under the low man, uh, Hughes and Taylor at one uh, under. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a big win. I think uh, you can't underestimate or undervalue uh, making the cut here at this golf tournament. It, it doesn't make anybody feel comfortable. And all three of them made it to the weekend. Yeah, and I think for Taylor and, and Hughes, it's a big step because they're both on stretches of missed cuts, uh, you know, or have had a lot of cut missed cuts this year. Nick Taylor's, I think, missed his last six, so this was great. And he had to really grind it down the stretch. Uh, he took a triple bogey on 10 and had a, a double bogey a couple holes later and birdied 16 and 17 to get in right on the number. So um, he's uh, he's already out on the course. He was the first guy to play on the tee today, but good for him. And, and I think Mackenzie Hughes is going to have a fun day because he's playing with Tiger at 9 o'clock. Yeah, it'll be a fun one for him uh, for sure. And we're going to hear from all three of the next. Taylor Hadwin, he was one-on-one with Bob. More Players' Championship coming up here live on location at the Players' Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to our Players' Championship edition of Golf Talk Canada. As Bob and I are on location at TPC Sawgrass for the year's fifth major. Webb Simpson running away with it at the moment, but 36 holes to go on this golf course. You always know that there is a car crash waiting around the corner, so lots of golf to go. Our three Canadians made the cut this week. Hadwin, Taylor, and Hughes. Hadwin, best performance of the three at four under par. Bob had the opportunity to go one-on-one with all three of our Canadians. Let's start with Adam Hadwin, 
who in the last three or four months has found his putter ever since Mexico City and is starting to put some positive yardage on the board, continuing again here at the Players' Championship. Let's hear with Bob and Adam Hadwin. Adam had another solid day out there. It seemed like the one club that you have talked about not giving you uh, any help maybe performed a little better today, the putter? Yeah. Well, like I said last night, I kind of took it to bed, gave it some sweet loving at that uh, last night. And uh, now I'm in a, a few nice spots today. Uh, 17 was a great one. Uh, a nice eagle there on two to get the day started. And um, obviously, as, as a golfer, we always think we leave some out there, uh, a couple of the par fives. but. You know, four under par, uh, got uh, two more days. Talk about the birdie on 17. You're now 12 for 12. You've never hit it in the water there. Perfect on that, and, and, and a nice birdie in there. Yeah. What is it about that hole that other guys have so much trouble with and you don't? Oh, man, I feel like a jinx is coming on here with this. Um, I don't know. You know, I talked about it earlier in the week. I take a pretty conservative approach to it. Um, I'm always pulling a club that pretty much gets right around that middle of the green area. Uh, I'm not testing the waters too much of long or short. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just seem to focus and, and put good swings on it and uh, uh, go from there. What's the key to, to getting a little bit lower on the weekend? Is it putting the ball in the fairway? That seems to be what a lot of guys are talking about. Yeah, oh, certainly. Uh, it's very difficult uh, to you know, give yourself good birdie putts if you're not coming from the fairway. Uh, ball's difficult to control out of the Bermuda. Uh, tough to really gauge whether it's going to jump or, or come out soft. So uh, I've done a pretty good job of that over the first two days, uh, hitting fairways. I think for me the key is, is probably just to clean up the card again a little bit. Today probably could have been five or six under pretty easily. Uh, but other than that, just kind of keep doing what I'm doing, kind of ho-hum, play some good golf and, and see what happens. Still waiting for that moment when everything is going to come together? A little bit, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't as comfortable today with my swing as I was yesterday. I thought I hit it really well yesterday. Uh, today not so much, but I, I made a few putts. So um, moving on up. That's golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Thanks, Bob. See, Bob, I think you hit the nail on the head at the end of that interview. And I know a lot, a lot of times the players will point to the putter. And I know Adam was not happy with his putting. But over the last 60 days, uh, I think statistically you can even point to the fact that his putting has gotten better, has improved uh, over the last 60 days. But at the end of that interview, you know, is it just a matter of putting it all together in the same day or the same four days? And to me, that's the issue, not necessarily the putting. I thought he had a good putting day yesterday. I think he's had good putting days. We've just not seen it all together for three or four days like we saw maybe this time last year. Sounds like we may have lost Bob, so okay. We'll try to get there we Bob go. How's back that? in the How's meantime. That? There we go. I think I got you. Bob I got you has gone one-on-one -on -one with uh, Nick Taylor and <laughs> Mackenzie Hughes. So let's hear from uh, Bob and Nick Taylor. Well, Nick Taylor, it was uh, a bit of an eventful ride out there, but I guess when you add it all up, uh, you get to play on the weekend. Are you satisfied with that? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Playing the weekend is always the first step. Um, a lot of loose shots in that back nine and cost me a lot of shots. Um, you can just do it. You can just you can feel very uncomfortable here, even when you're playing pretty well. So that's kind of what happened to me. It's it's poor tee shots on on ten, which really cost me. Twelve is is you know I laid up in the right rough, which really cost me. And, and it just I didn't hit that bad of a shot. It was probably in the middle of the green and just tripled off in the water. And um, you know I reeled it in. Then 18s staring the water right there and I. 
bailed out way right, and from there I had a really tough time trying to make bogey, so it was eventful. You know, I was uncomfortable, but uh, glad I got it done. You talked about being in control of your game yesterday a little bit more than you have been throughout the year. Even though you're hitting good shots out here today, as you're just telling us, is this the kind of place where it'll erode your confidence if you go through rounds like this? Yeah, you know, the, 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 the pause is I'm making a bunch of birdies, which I haven't been doing, so that's, that's what I'm going to take from this. I clean up those tee shots, you know, 12, 12 is kind of inexcusable with a 5-iron off the tee, um, and 10 was just a terrible shot. So I've, if I clean that up, I feel like I'm putting, still putting well, and I'm taking, taking care of the par 5. So if I can just stay calm there, I guess, and hit some good tee shots, then I'll, I'll be all right. A few years ago, go back three years ago or so when you were first starting out on the PGA Tour, is this the kind of round that might have got away from you if you'd hit a couple of those bad shots? Have you matured, in other words? Yeah, I think so. I think it was... I was definitely on the point. I've, I've missed a bunch of cuts coming to this event, and to kind of have that slide, um, I guess I'm proud of myself to kind of hang in there. It, was, it easily could have got away from me. I got, uh, I think, 13 and 14, hit a couple left that were, were flirting with, with the hazard there as well. And, um, you know, it hit a great shot on 17. It was huge. It gave me a little cushion going at 18. So I hung in there, and that's all I can ask for, I guess. I, if I read the, the, uh, the, the program correctly, you've never been in the water on 17. Is that right? Yeah, I played it pretty well. It's uh, hopefully I keep doing that. 18 hasn't been my friend, so I need to, to clean that up. But um, yeah, I, I really like this golf course. I just need to to hit a couple more tee shots, just closer to the fairway, if not in the fairway, and, and go from there because I feel like I read these screens really well. All right. Good luck on the weekend. Nick. All right. Thanks. Uh, great to have a made cut uh, for Nick Taylor. He needs to start making cuts, and uh, our Canadians doing quite well on the Island Green, apparently. You know, it's a ho-hum flip wedge for our Canadians. Uh, Bob's back with us. Bob, uh, to get back to Adam Hadwin uh, in that interview, I thought you nailed it at the end in terms of putting it together in four days. I, th I think the putters come around. I think the putting's fine. I just think he needs to marry it all together for three, four days, and we haven't seen that yet. I, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, when you look at Adam Adam's game, I think we tend to look at how he's putting as just a, the overall indicator of how he's doing, and, and he's got more of a game, obviously, than that. But I think if he if he's able to kind of get things going all together on the same, and he's not far off with all of them. It's just you know when he's putting well, he's maybe a little off off the tee or with his swing, as he mentioned in that interview. Uh, he had the same thing go at the at the Masters. So uh, maybe today will be the day. As I guess as golfers, we're always hoping for that next day when everything will finally come together. Uh, you know, maybe he'll get a Webb Simpson kind of day at one of these next few rounds that he plays out there. And uh, our final Canadian, Mac Hughes, making the cut. And before we run the interview today, a bit of a different day for Mac Hughes today on the PGA Tour. Around the golf, you know, in pretty much what is a major with Tiger Woods, that's going to be an interesting experience. <laughs> he, he had a great, uh, a great uh, he said that a tweet, you know, the PGA Tour players get a text telling them what time they're playing and, and who they're playing with. And he sent it out. He said, should be a good day on Saturday. And he got a, he had a picture of... Uh, of a goat after it, you know, and a tiger. So, I mean, he's, uh, he's pretty excited. He said that the first time tiger sat down beside him in the locker room was at Bay Hill. And he said he was so nervous. He wanted to, he wanted to introduce himself, but he couldn't work up the nerve to do it. So it should be a fun round. This is, this is his idol out there, Matt, uh, Tiger Woods. That is absolutely classic. That's great. Well, hopefully he has a great day and, and can, can perform uh, walking the fairways alongside his, his idol. Let's hear uh, Bob's one-on-one -on -one with uh, Matt Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes, six birdies in Eagle. I got to think you're probably pretty happy walking off 18 after uh, after that round. Yeah, it was a great day. I 
<clears throat> felt like it was a round in the making that I've been playing pretty well recently. And I've just been waiting for the results to come. And today was a day where, you know, I actually felt like I could have been lower, but, you know, five under on a course like this is a fantastic round. What, what was the key today? Was there one part of your game that finally started to click? You know, I found a nice feel this morning with the putter. And for me, if I just get a nice feel and get a little bit of confidence more with the putter, then, then the game seems a lot easier. You don't put as much stress on your irons and your wedges. And so that, that for me was the biggest thing. Now, I just found out I hit all, all 14 fairways, which is a huge help around here. Because you hit the fairways around here, then you can be aggressive. Uh, missing the fairways, you know, creates some problems. So I would say the combination of those two things. It has been a slow year. You mentioned to us earlier in the week you were making some swing changes. Now you've gone back to what, what got you here. Yeah. How much can a round like today weigh and just give you all sorts of confidence going forward? Yeah, today was huge. I mean, again, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, patiently trying to just do the right things and hope for these results to come. And, you know, it's it's small victories, but, you know, a couple cuts in a row and, and some good rounds, and, some, and I'm just hitting some really quality shots. So I, even though the results still aren't where I want them to be. I can really see them trending in the right direction. So still a lot of time left this year and um, looking forward to some, some golf this weekend. Yeah, what's what's the plan for this weekend? Just more of the same? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hitting it really solid and, you know, you just need to keep putting the ball in the fairway. Um, you know, I don't know what that's going to mean results-wise, but if I just put the ball in the fairway and get, get some looks, get the putter in my hand, um, you know, I, I should be able to post some low scores. Now, the wind might blow. It could be tough. I'm not sure what, what we'll have, but uh, feeling good going into the weekend. Looks nice to see you smiling again. Good luck on the weekend. Nice, Bob. That's a great segue, Bob, him talking about how important it is to put the ball in the fairway here at the Stadium Course of Sawgrasses. It allows you to, to be aggressive, allows you to access some hole locations and play on offense instead of defense. And on the other side, we're going to hear from our leader at 15 under, and we're going to hear from Tiger Woods, who just barely made the cut on the number at one under. One of those players has put the ball in the fairway 78% of the time. The other one, 46%. Bob, I'll let you guess. I'll get your answer on the other side of the break. It's a real tough one. <laughs> on the other side, Webb Simpson, Tiger Woods. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino and Weeks, live on location, Players' Championship. You can see Sawgrass as we get set for the final 36 holes of the year's fifth major. Before we went to break, Bob, trivia question. This is a laydown. <laughs> which, which one's hitting the fairway 78% of the time and which one's hitting the fairway 46% of the time? Our leader at 1,500 or Tiger Woods at 100? Do, do you have a guess for me? 
Oh, we we lost Bob again. My apologies. I'm thinking. Here we go. Life here we go. The very good. I'm oh, there he is. Hello. Yeah. Sorry. Bob, I'm thinking we have, maybe we have a guest on uh, on who's putting in the fairway. One's at fifteen under, or one's at one under. Yeah, I'm guessing I'll go with Webb Simpson. <laughs> yeah. You are a winner. Let the balloons fall from the sky. So you are the winner. It seems so simple and so easy, but it's the same conversation week in and week out with Tiger Woods. It's uh, can't get forward, forward momentum going, can't get any kind of streak going, can't really get anything kind of uh, just mojo. It seems flat all the time when it comes to Tiger, and I think the main reason for it is is that he's constantly playing from bad lies, bad spots. He can't string enough fairways together that just allows him to get aggressive and allows him to get in the groove. I, I kind of thought that when I watched him yesterday, he was just unable to string three good shots or four good shots together. So if he did hit it in the fairway, like on the fourth hole, uh, he has a lob wedge in his hand and he throws it into the bunker. Or 17, he hits a great shot up. He's like six feet, seven feet from the pin, and he doesn't even scare the hole with the putter. So, you know, it's the sum of the parts there, but but there's some sometimes things are working, but they're just not working altogether. Yeah, and it's you're right. It's like lack of momentum, that when he finally puts himself in a good spot, it's the almost the uh, uh, being so for, foreign to the position of, oh, okay, now's my opportunity. And I think when you put too much pressure on that one uh, situation, uh, you just don't get the rhythm and you don't get that momentum. And I think that's what we're talking about. But someone who does have that rhythm and that momentum is Mr. Webb Simpson. Hasn't won since 2013. I've shot lead right now over Charles Schwartzel, Patrick Cantley, Danny Lee. They're at 10 under. Justin Hadley, Charles Howell third, and Alex Noren at 9 under. Jason Day, Steve Stricker, and Xander Shoffley at 8 under par. That will round out the top 10. And Webb Simpson spoke to the media. Let's hear from the leader, Webb Simpson. Just a fun day, um, and it's rare as a golfer where everything is, is working well, driving, iron play, chipping and putting, and today everything came together. And just before we take some questions, that atmosphere when you moved to 17, you're 11 under for the day and you get there, just what was going through your mind? What sort of feelings did you have? Well, it's hard because um, I know where I, where, where I am. I'm 11 under. Um, I didn't know anything about a course record or a 36-hole record or anything like that, but I'm – I've broken 60 a couple of times, so I'm thinking about it a little bit. But I'm still trying to be disciplined on 17 and hit it. You know, we always try to land at 12 on the green there. And um, I was in between clubs and tried to smash a, smash a sand wedge and blocked it a little bit. Um, and it was unfortunate. To be honest with you guys, I felt pretty good on the tee. Um, and then, you know, it's a bummer, but... I wanted to play 18 pretty solid just to end the day well, and I think I did that. He is playing well, and like I say, big names there inside the top 10. If you just go outside the top 10, we have some huge names as well lurking at 7 and 6 under, uh, including Matt Kuchar and Sergio Garcia, world number one Dustin Johnson, John Rahm and Henrik Stenson, one shot back from them, hovering at 6 under par. But how far down this leaderboard can you actually go when Webb Simpson's sitting there at 15 under par? I'm not sure. I know one place you probably can't go to, and that's the cut line, one under par, Tiger Woods. That's where Tiger currently sits on the golf course today with Matt Hughes, our own Canadian. Should be fun to watch those two play together. Let's hear from Tiger Woods. I didn't hit the ball close enough today, and you know I didn't get off the the, the start I wanted to. You know I had 
sandwich on 10, you know, reachable par 5 at 11, uh, sandwich again at, at, at 12, and I play those even par. And that's not the start I wanted to and wanted to have, and unfortunately, uh, kind of went the rest of the day the same way. I didn't hit, I didn't, I didn't quite swing it right today, and uh, I didn't quite have uh, the, the shape, ball fly. I didn't have much of, much of what I wanted. And, you know, with these greens, as, as soft as they are, I didn't take advantage of the opportunities I had today to, you know, really shoot a good number. To be honest with you, I wasn't close enough. I didn't hit the ball close enough in, in the right, in, in the, you know, section where, yeah, I had those 10, 12 footers, and, which I, I should do with, you know, nine iron on down. I didn't leave myself hard at any of those opportunities today. Well, maybe you can, uh, Tiger, find a little mojo today and put something up on the board at least get this crowd excited. It's good that he made the cut. He's here for four days. He seems to be healthy, so we'll try to take the positives from Tiger's round. Well, that wraps up Hour 1 of GTC. Hour 2 coming up next, whether you're in Hamilton, 1150, Toronto, 1050, other select markets, listening on the uh, TSN Go app on iHeartRadio. We have 60 more minutes of Golf Talk Canada coming up, including winners, where to what. We're going to get some final thoughts from Bob before we let Bob uh, go out and continue efforting for TSN at the Players' Championship. We'll do scully time. There was a hole-in-one this week in the Golf Talk Canada family. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll look at some other leaderboards from around the world of golf. We'll also take a look at some final thoughts coming up for the Players' Championship as we head into the final 36. Do not forget, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer. This week, we are giving away a TaylorMade M3 driver. That's right, a TaylorMade M3 driver. This is the same driver that J-Day used last week to win the Wells Fargo. I watched him for 72 holes. I called every shot J-Day hit all week last week. I couldn't believe how many drives over 320 yards that guy hit in four days. Absolutely obscene. On Saturday, 367 down the middle on the par 5 15th on Saturday. Absolutely crazy. We're giving it away this week. And don't forget the grand prize, a through-the-set custom-fit bag uh, from TaylorMade. We're talking drivers. We're talking irons, woods, the whole deal, tour experience with a Stewart X9 electric trolley. Grand prize alone, $8,000. But the only way you can win is if you participate. You must subscribe to us on YouTube, Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio, Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio, our YouTube channel. It's free, full of great content, and you have a chance at over $20,000 in TaylorMade products. Thank you so much for listening. 3-Dub is next. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. 
Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks. We are on location. TPC Sawgrass, the year's fifth major. Webb Simpson right now with a five-shot lead. But uh, we've seen some car crashes on the 17th hole already this week. One of from our leader, Webb Simpson. Chesson Hadley had some issues. There's been lots of balls in the water, especially on Thursday. Uh, it's just an interesting golf hole. And 16, 17, 18, like Bob said in hour one, unless you've putted out on the 72nd hole on 18 Sunday night this thing might not be over all right it's that time again three dub winners weird and what and Bob this week I have the tea I'll answer the question you want answers I think I'm entitled you want answers I want the truth you can't handle the truth Well, my winner this week, Bob, and we're going to get into it a little bit later in the show, so I don't want to give it all away, but Adam Scully had his second (laughs) career hole-in-one this week on the 17th hole, Baby Golfing Country Club, and he actually went on to shoot 75. We're going to get the details coming up, Bob, but the rumor is carved a three-wood downwind, 175. (laughs) He's always had that shot. That's what I like about him. But I hey, listen. That's a great. That's a great hole to get that ace on. And I think the only thing that could make it better. I think what we should do, Mark, is we should go back and and dub in you like pretending it was PGA Tour radio and you making the call of it. That would be great. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that idea. So we're gonna have Scully on uh, coming up shortly, and he will uh, be able to uh, deny or confirm. Uh, the, the, what club was hit, shot shape. We'll get all the details from Skelly coming up. But well done, buddy. That is awesome. Good for you on the hole-in-one. What a way to kick off the season. I don't know. Man. It can only <laughs> yeah. go down from here. That's the only problem. My weird this week, you want to talk about going down. Well, we already talked about Phil's shirt and the, the, the chatter it caused and how awkward it looked and, and maybe some of the ribbing that Phil was taking in the shirt. But forget about what he wore. What about his quality of play? Phil Mickelson lost in the wilderness, and it's just shocking to me because he had a good week last week at the Wells Fargo at Coil Hollow. You could see Phil getting momentum. You could see, see Phil on the weekend starting to make a move at Quail Hollow, gaining momentum that you thought, especially after the announcement of him playing with Tiger Woods, Bob, you thought he'd carry that forward. But when Lefty has 29% in the scrambling category, you know that this thing's going to look ugly. It was the strangest Phil Mickelson performance I've seen in a long time. I mean, chili dipping chips and uh, dropping balls in the water. And, I mean, boy, right through the bag. It was just unusual for him. Absolutely bizarre. You know, quite often, like Tiger, we can go, well, you know, he's not keeping it in the fairway, so forget it. Or quite often we'll go, well, he's hanging around the leaderboard because he's just getting up and down from everywhere. This week, nothing, nada, zero. Like you said, uh, just something, a head-scratching material start to My what this week, and this really uh, speaks to the leaderboard, Bob, because, you know, there are some big names up there, and right now, Simpson has separation with uh, 36 holes to go. Now, can he keep the pedal down? Will he play defense? His record is not great with the lead, as you have mentioned. And this is a golf course where disaster is lurking at all times. But at the end of the day, he has a five-shot lead over second place. But the guy who won last week, Jason Day, is seven back with 36 holes to go. And 
I don't know if you've taken a look at some of his putting stats, Bob, but it's been off the charts. He has not missed inside five feet this year on the PGA Tour. So the entire season on the PGA Tour, Jason Day has not missed a putt inside five feet. Last week, he was 94% from 10 feet or inside 10 feet. And when you consider... Uh, you know, all the different putting surfaces, just you know, being perfect on the West Coast alone, putting on Poana is head-scratching material. But I'm just curious, after last week's grind, when he almost gave it away and somehow found a way to win, struggling with the irons a little bit, obviously hitting them a little bit better this week, but still I, I don't think 100% comfortable uh, with his iron play. What will Jason Day have left in the tank for these last 36? Can he make a push? Does he have anything left? It's going to be real interesting to see because he's the kind of guy when he gets in the mix, man, he really wants it. And, and now six rounds in a row where he's kind of been in the story of a golf tournament and you just wonder what he has left. When's the last time you've seen anybody on a putting streak like this, Bob, where you can remember, off the, you know, not to put you on the spot, but I know you've watched a ton of golf like me over the years. And I, I think of great putting performances. I think of uh, Retief Goosen at the 04 uh, U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. I thought it was a brilliant putting performance. Uh, Jeff Ogilvie in 06 at uh, the U.S. Open uh, at Wingfoot was a brilliant putting performance. Mike Weir in 03 at Augusta. But uh, just for a regular tour event, last week was off the charts. Yeah, uh, the, I think the last time I saw somebody put this group for this sort of in, in this kind of stretch was probably Jason Day two years ago when he got to number one. I mean, it is reminiscent, and when he just gets on that stretch where, I mean, from 10, 12, 15 feet, if he's not making it, it's right on the lip. And, and uh, as you pointed out, you know, that run of from five feet in is just surreal. But he is deadly with the putter. You know, he, he engages a guy. He has a guy who, who comes in and teaches him how to read greens. He's a kind of a mathematician, scientist kind of guy. He makes use of that. So that's, that's really helped him in the last five years just to try and at least give, give his, uh, his putts a chance. And, uh, boy, it's sure paying off. Yeah, it was incredible to watch, and it's mind-boggling. And if he keeps this going, it could be a big summer for J.A. All right, Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. Well, Mark, my winner this week is a guy who has flown under the radar for pretty much his entire career. He has won twice only on the PGA Tour in a lengthy career. He's now up near the top of the leaderboard, and I am talking about Augusta's own Charles Howell III. And the reason I'm making him my winner is, if I said to you, well, I'm kind of giving it away, but if I said to you, who is the 21st-ranked player in career money one on the PGA Tour, would you have guessed Charles Howell III? No, not at all. And, and I know where you're going because, you know, he's certainly the guy, you know, if you rephrase the question, you know, who's made a ridiculous amount of money but only won a couple of times? He would be like one of three names I would spit out at you, but never in a million years would I suggest 21st. He has won $34 million. He is currently on a streak of 18 consecutive years of winning at least $1 million. That is second only right now to Phil Mickelson, who is at 23. Uh, and there he is again, up near the top of the leaderboard. I don't know if anybody has actually picked him to win this tournament, but
But, man, this guy knows how to cash a check, and uh, I would love to be in his shoes, I'll tell you that. My, uh, my weird, <laughs> yeah, my weird this week, Mark, takes us to the uh, a suburb of Boston called Boxford, Massachusetts. And the police in Boxford are searching for a person or persons who has left hundreds of golf balls strewn around a public park. So over the past two weekends, the police go out in the morning, they get calls from the local residents, and there are golf balls everywhere. Over 300 of them have been picked up, and there's no targeted location. It's not like somebody's going out there and using this as a range. They're just, somebody is just dumping golf balls all over this park. And it is a park that's used by some kids, and they have a, a, some lacrosse games in there. And one parent, using a perfect Boston term, said, you could roll your ankle. A lot of kids could take a wicked fall. And, and I, can't you just imagine a guy saying that with a Boston accent? accent? That guy could take a wicked fall, man. Anyway, <laughs> they have no idea why. They have no idea why this is happening. And the police said, if anyone is watching this who knows what's going on, just please knock it off. We'll find you. So, uh, for some unknown reason, there are lots of golf balls strewn around this park in uh, in Boxford, Massachusetts. It's not you, is it? No, that is absolutely bizarre. And then the fact that, you know, it's not like they're using it as a range or a practice area. Just maybe we yeah. know what Nike's doing with the leftover balls from the men, uh, from the uh, from the factory. I don't, I don't know. It's head scratch. <laughs> that could be. That could be. It's a strange situation. Anyway, uh, my what this week is, uh, what a great day May 12th is. May 12th is today, of course, and it is the birthday of three of the greatest golfers in the game. You know whose birthday it is today? I Mike do Weir. because uh, well, I know one of them because I was I worked with them last night. I hosted an event with Jim Furyk for MetLife Insurance at last night, and um, and he, you know, we were obviously aware that it was his birthday. But well, who else is on that list, Bob? Mike Weir's birthday is today. He turns forty-eight as well, so he's got two more years to go. It actually is a good birthday for him because now he can qualify for that exemption that goes to. Uh, web.com tour players or former PGA Tour players who are in that rank of 48 and older. And then the third great golfer is my dad, Bill Weeks, turning 86 today, getting ever so close to being able to shoot his age now. He's going to go and try it again this week a couple times, I can almost guarantee you. Happy birthday, Dad. That is awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Happy birthday, Mr. Weeks. Well done. That is great. And I hope you uh, get her done and shoot your age. What a fantastic thing to be able to do. And have a great birthday weekend. And happy birthday to Canada's only male major champion, Mr. Mike Weir and and Jim Furyk, who was uh, all about the Ryder Cup last night, Bob. It was a lot of Ryder Cup talk. And uh, he said, you know, I'm a father and a family man first and foremost, and I'm a, and I'm a captain of a Ryder Cup team next. So if something's gonna if something's gonna go on the back burner in 2018, it's going to be uh, my playing career. So he is all about that captaincy, and uh, we'll see if he can get it done on foreign soil. On the other side, we're gonna get Bob's final thoughts on uh, the last 36 here at the Players' Championship course before we say goodbye to him. How far down the leaderboard does Bob look? Will there be a crack in Webb Simpson's, uh, Simpson's honor, uh, armor? Excuse me. Uh, what about course setup, Bob? We haven't really talked about it yet. Is this playing a little too easy for your liking? Would you like to see something a little harder today on moving day? Have they moved enough for you? And let's rail this thing back in. We'll get into it next. We're both live at the Players' Championship here at TPC Sawgrass this. Here's Golf Talk Kid. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. 
No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakito Weeks live at the Players' Championship, the year's fifth major. Webb Simpson, 15 under par. That's clear of second by five shots right now. Tying the course record yesterday was 63. Bob, let's start there. Um, is the setup too soft for you, or is this out of the tournament directors and tournament committees' hands in the sense that this is the Players' Championship in May when the weather is perfect, the ball is flying forever, and the winds pretty much have laid down the majority of the week. And next year, when we find ourselves in March, this is going to look very different. Yeah, I agree with you pretty much all through that. I think a couple of key things so far this week is that the wind has laid down, as you mentioned. And the greens have been fairly receptive, at least early in the, in the, in the rounds, early in the day. So there's been a lot of attack mode by the early players out there. And you can see it, especially on the backside, where they've been, you know, the pins have been pretty traditional um i talked to a couple of caddies and said there's nothing really out of the ordinary at this point but you know having this tournament in may you're you're playing on a golf course that's hard and fast and wasn't really designed to be a hard and fast golf course so i think you'll see more of what i think pete die intended it when it goes back to march next year but right now i think you give credit to the players uh and you give credit to uh, mother nature for for being <laughs> welcoming to those players and allowing them to, to fire at some pins yeah, because really, if you pull Webb Simpson off this leaderboard, this is a great tournament right now through 36 holes. You know, we've got a log jam at 10, log jam at 9, log jam at 8, 7, etc. Big names in the mix, some interesting stories. So it's really up to Webb Simpson as to does he keep the pedal down or does he play defense? Now, obviously, you know, what he's done in the past is one thing, but the past is the past, and he seems way more comfortable right now with this new, I guess, putting anchoring system against his arm. And, and I know he leaned a lot on that yesterday. And uh, so do you see him putting positive momentum on the board today? Do you see another round with a six in front of it? Or is he capable of doing something else? Well, you know, he's, as you mentioned, that putter has been working spectacular. It was a year ago at this event that he went to the claw grip as well with that sort of Matt Cooper style putter, which has really helped. But he doesn't have to really do a heck of a lot right now to, to, to keep the lead going into Sunday. I mean, if he shoots 70 here, someone's going to have to make a big, a big move to get within striking distance. So I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I asked him yesterday, how many times in your career have you had a round like you had uh, on, on Friday? And he said maybe 10. And, and he said, you know, you've never really been able to follow it up. It's just one of those magical days. So I don't expect he'll, he'll shoot another 63. And I, don't even, I wouldn't even be surprised if he shot, you know, one or two under at best. So if he does that, somebody, somebody like a Jason Day, like you were talking about, who's sort of on a hot, hot streak as well, might be able to get within striking distance and make this a horse race coming to Sunday. Yeah, but even, uh, like you say, uh, one or two under, you know, gets the lead call it at 17 under, 
wow, that makes the guys behind them still need to do something really special. He's first in strokes game putting, Bob, just blowing the field away in strokes game putting, third in strokes game around the green. He's not a long hitter of the golf ball in modern-day standards, but he's 44th in strokes gained off the tee, first in strokes game total. He is second in greens and regulation, hitting 86% of his greens. Wow, for him to shoot over par, Something has to explode between the ears today. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you, you talk about his driving distance. Uh, just wasn't quite at the end of the round yesterday, so this might not be up quite up, but he was 140 seconds, 142nd in driving distance. He was hitting it averaging 274, 275. And so in an era where we're talking about the long bombers, here's a guy dominating the tournament. Um, going back to the leaderboard, I will say there's a one interesting point. You pointed out how crowded that leaderboard is. That means that there's more chances for guys out there to, to, to put a low one on and, and maybe get within striking distance. So it might not only just be one guy who catches up to him today. It could be two or three. I love the fact, though, Bob, that a guy can be you know, that down uh, the list in terms of driving distance and still be able to uh, dominate a golf tournament. So courses like the Players' Championship course, the TPC Sawgrass course, uh, courses like uh, Copperhead, courses like Harbor Town, Colonial. There's about six or seven of them on the PGA Tour. Mayakoba, um, you know, that I think we need more of. And I think that it just allows, it brings more players into the mix as opposed to eliminating half the field before you put the ball on the ground. Do you agree? Hundred percent. I think I think shot making is is an art. Shot making is a skill, and uh, and I think that you should be able to uh, to move the ball both ways and play. You know, in the from the center of the fairway should be a a, a challenge for a player hitting off the tee. So uh, Webb Simpson is you know I think he's missed five fairways and or five greens or something in thirty six holes. So he's finding a way to get the ball in the fairway, whether he's a little bit further back than some of the other guys. It's, it's to his benefit. As my dad always likes to say, the woods are full of long ball hitters. So uh, maybe that's, that's something for Webb Simpson to take and carry forward. But I, I like the fact that you've got a golf course here today that favors no one particular style of play. All right, Bob, you know I like Jason Day to maybe do something a, a little special today and maybe try to try to squeeze this gap, but it might be out of everyone's hands at this point and simply in the Webb's hands. But is there a player or, or one or two guys where you go, you know, He's the guy that might make the move today. Uh, you know, it's funny. Sergio Garcia, he's at seven under, uh, one behind Jason Day in that pack at eight. And Sergio, over the years, in terms of scoring average, out of the top names in the world of golf, he's the one that has felt more comfortable here than anybody else. Uh, is he too far back? Or is there somebody else here on this leaderboard that you kind of you know, scratch your chin a little and go, that guy is going to make a move Saturday? Well, he's not all that well-known a golfer, but I think Patrick Cantlay has a low round in him. He shot 66 and 68, so he's in that group at 10 under par. And he's a guy, I think, who could who could get it done. Um, if you go a little bit further down, I love the Steve Stricker story. He's 51 years old, but that I'm not sure. But Matt, Matt Kuchar, yeah, Matt Kuchar is a Mr. Consistency guy. So if you're looking at a guy who's going to wear out the middle of the fairway and then pop it on the green, he might be good if he can get his putter uh, to cooperate just a little bit. What's the plan for you today, Bob? I'll come find you out there. I know we're on different schedules today, but uh, what's the plan? Are you going to walk with a couple of groups? Are you going to go out and try to find Mac and Tiger and, and walk with them a bit? Or anything in particular? 
Yeah, we're going to start off with uh, with Mac and uh, and Tiger, our uh, crack uh, cameraman Mark Millett and producer Mike Kaczynski are out there right now. I'm going to go and join them, and then I think we'll uh, we'll maybe pick up a little bit of Nick Taylor and and uh, watch Adam Hadwin and see if he can do something, and then we'll uh, we'll follow a few of the leaders out there and see what Webb Simpson's got left in the tank after a superb performance on uh, on Friday. Well, I will uh, I'll come and find you guys at some point in between the uh, schedule and uh, have a great day. Of course, Bob will be all over tsn.ca. He'll be doing Sports Center. Uh, obviously, uh, you can keep up with all of him uh, his tweets as well. He'll be all over this and give you the Canadian stories and angles and anything that happens near or at the top of this leaderboard. So, Bob, all I'm hoping for is this that uh, last time I looked, we had 40% chance of uh, some uh, potential bad weather late in the day tomorrow. I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope somehow, some miracle way, this leaderboard tightens in terms of the lead. If we can get those two things, I'll be a happy guy come tomorrow. I agree with you 100%. Just keep the, keep the rain away. We, uh, we need to finish this one on time. I hear you. Okay, I'll find you out there today, Bob. Thanks for uh, getting on with uh, me. And have a great day, and I'll come find you and the gang, and uh, and uh, let's have a good day and, and a busy one out there. On the other side, we're going to have Adam Scully come in. He's going to talk about his heroic three-wood from 175 downhill, the 17th hole Bayview Golf and Country Club. He just nuked this thing. Uh, downwind, uh, he thought about driver, went with three-wood, angry swing, 175, bottom of the cup for his second career ace. We'll talk to Adam Scully coming up next. We'll also get Adam's thoughts in Scully time on what has transpired at the Players' Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Mark Zucchino on location at the Players' Championship. We just said goodbye to Mr. Weeks so that Bob could get out there and start efforting for TSN today in the third round of the Players' Championship. So joining me now, our producer himself, Mr. Adam Skelly for some Skelly Time. Skulls, good morning, buddy. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm not as good as you. <laughs> now, if, if, we've been listening, if you've been listening all day, you know this morning that this week, Adam Scully had his second career hole-in-one at Bayview Golf and Country Club on the 17th hole. Now, Scully, I've been teasing all morning. That, you know, you've hit a three-wood downhill downwind from 175 in the bottom of the cup. We all know that's not true. I, you know, you, you hit it an absolute mile. So give us the real goods here. Walk us through club selection, hole location, wind, shot. Dave, give us the good here on the hole in one. 
Well, so first of all, it was about uh, 25 hours ago now, almost to be exact. Uh, it was about 10.30 a.m. Uh, Friday morning. I was in the midst of a match with a buddy, and I was two up uh, in stroke play heading to 17. And as we walked up to the green, I honest to God said this. I said, this is a good hole-in-one pin because uh, my buddy Gavin, who you played with, uh, when another friend of ours, Raf, got a hole-in-one at, at 17 two years ago, it was a very similar uh, pin placement. And so it was a little chillier, probably around 11 or 12 degrees uh, Celsius. Uh, so that was affecting uh, the ball all day in terms of distance. Uh, it was 181 yards, very slightly downwind, and and that hole is uh, downhill. So uh, it was not a three-wood. It was not a one-wood. <laughs> it was not a three-iron. It was an eight-iron. Um, and uh, I, I hit it. Uh, it, w- it was right at it uh, with a slight cut. Um, I was working on our swing changes that I've been uh, meticulously going through uh, that we've been doing in commercial breaks and via text back and forth. Uh, and so the, the funny thing was that I didn't actually see the ball go in the hole. Uh, I, I'm getting blinder by the more blind by the minute. I wear prescription sunglasses. And it was also the way... Uh, the shade with with the sun and uh, around the flagstick. So, uh, because we were the second group out, there were some maintenance workers behind the green, and so I hit the shot. Uh, we hear it land, uh, and all we uh, I look up, and the maintenance workers are going ballistic. They are yelling, they are screaming. There's about five of them, and I'm sort of walking towards the shot as, after I hit, after I hit a good shot, and my buddy Gavin tackles me from behind. And that's when we knew I got a hole-in-one. So I, I didn't have a voice for much of yesterday as I was doing a lot of hooting and hollering. Uh, probably lucky for me that I had to go into work yesterday right after the hole-in-one. So my wallet got a bit of a, a savior uh, yesterday at Bayview for sure. As did your head, my friend. Yeah, and yeah. Hangover. And, and welcome uh, as you get older, get used to these things like eyesight and, and body parts just not working. So just get used to that. That's awesome, Skull. I, you know, it's funny you, you say the, this is a good hole-in-one pin because I've had two in my life. One right. as a kid mm-hmm. at Bentonia Golf Club, uh, which is you know, a muni yep. par three yep. here in Toronto, on the third hole. Mm-hmm. And it was a horrible shot. I was 13 years old, kind of just sculled it down the hill, and it, it just tumbled and bobbled and hit the stick and went in. And, you know, it was like a 92-yard shot. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if I count that. I've had one as an adult on the third hole at the Toronto Hunt Club, my nice. golf club, so very similar to doing it at your own club. And when you do it at your own club, you know the holes that are accessible. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you get up there and say, you know, this is kind of a hole one pin. Because I did the same thing. I was playing with my, my good friend Robert Arms, uh, who I play a lot of golf with, yeah. and we had a front right hole location. And the thing about a front right hole location at the Toronto Hunt on number three is there's a feeder board. There's a mm. feeder slope just beyond the hole to the left. And I said to Robert, I said, you know, if I could just, it was 155, and I said, if I could just fly this thing about 156, 157, just about 15 feet left of that hole, it'll feed off the board. It's a chance to go in. This is a hole in one flight. Sure enough. <laughs> And you know what was really disappointing, though, Scully? Uh-oh. You look on the sky, and there's just no balloons falling. Where are the balloons? <laughs> well, well, there I- should be balloons. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the thing with Bayview, that 17th uh, green, it's now, I believe, in the, its third year of, uh, of, of full play. Uh, Dustin can confirm that when I see him later today on the first tee. Uh, and, and so because it's a new green, it's a little springier, if you will, so the ball will bounce and roll out a little more. Uh, and so the funny thing was that my, my pitch mark was, I want to say, six to eight feet right in front of the hole. So I'm actually not sure if the ball bounced right in because I'm a, I'm a high ball hitter or if it bounced and rolled in. Another funny thing I found that was just ironic, um, when I got my first hole-in-one in 2005, it was on the 12th hole at Bayview, and the distance was 181 yards. So both of my hole-in-ones are the exact same distance. So now we know the Scully sweet spot. Yeah, You should be laying it back to 181 yep. at all times. Yeah. That's, all, that's what we learned. What have we learned? 181 is the sweet spot. Yeah, like if, if, if I'm going for a par 5 and I have 250, I'm going to hit a 70-yard wedge shot to lay up, and then I'm going to hit an 8-iron from 181 yards every time, and we will uh, we will see what uh, what happens there. But it, it was it was a pretty cool day. Uh, I got to say as well, it was with the uh, P770 uh, TaylorMade 8-iron and a TP5X TaylorMade number 2. Uh, the folks at Bayview are very kindly uh, putting together a plaque uh, for me with the uh, the scorecard, uh, which was my best round of the year, I, I must add, so far, and uh, with the golf ball itself. So it was definitely a day I will uh, never forget. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. The clubs are working. The equipment's working. The yep. swing changes are working. Everything yep. working for Adam Scully. You know who else is not working? Want your thoughts on Webb Simpson. Oh, yeah. 63 yesterday with the double on 17. Um, and what about the setup here? Do you think there was anything they can do? Bob and I have kind of, you know, summed this up to Mother Nature. This is the Players' Championship in May when the weather's perfect. It's 90-plus degrees down here, and you heard Tiger talking about the heat. The ball was flying, mm-hmm. Skulls. Mm-hmm. There was not a breath of wind, uh, you know, just hardly a breath of wind. Mm-hmm. And when you wrap this stuff together, perfect greens, you're getting low scores. So I'm not so sure that there's anything they could have done with the exception of going out and intentionally trying to trick this thing up, because I don't think anybody would like to see that. But all that being said, I'd like to see this pull back a little bit today somehow. I just don't know if it's going to happen. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I'm curious with the course setup, uh, you know, because there really isn't supposed to be uh, any any rain today, I should say. So you wonder if they're going to trick any of the pins up. I mean, you've got a guy who's 15 under uh, through uh, through two rounds and three guys at 10. So you got to think that the folks at TPC are, are going to think, okay, maybe we can, uh, you know, trick these guys up a little bit and make things a little uh, more difficult. Watching Web Simpson, though, as you were saying yesterday, uh, he was putting on an absolute clinic. I have a hard time watching his follow-through because it feels like if I would try that, I would fall flat on my face with that helicopter follow-through. <laughs> it's quite something to see. Uh, but he is uh, he was making a lot of putts with that unique, uh, unique putter and putting stance that he now uses. Uh, that tee shot on 17 looked like he backed off about uh, three or four times. Uh, and as he was saying in that quote that we in that clip that we ran earlier in the show, he was just in between clubs. Uh, and uh, and as a result, he hit it off off the rail just in front of the bunker and got, I guess, relatively unlucky that it bounced and uh, bounced on the, through the other side into the water. Uh, but he's, I mean, to have a five shot lead with a double bogey, uh, that that's some pretty uh, pretty good playing so far. So what do you think he shoots today, or what do you think he has to shoot today to kind of feel almost like he's in a parade tomorrow? And I know it's the final day of the Players' Championship 
for a guy who hasn't won a while mm-hmm. in a while. So you know, I know you know we can call it a parade, and I'm sure it's not. He's still not feeling about it that way. But this is a guy who won the U.S. Open at Olympic Club in San Francisco. So this is a guy who's got a major, knows what it takes to get a major done pounding the field in strokes game putting. Like, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. right now, his numbers in the strokes game putting category. I'm of the impression that if he shoots anything today of 70 or better, so if he can shoot two under par or better today, it's going to take something like another course record behind him to give us anything to watch tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say, if, if he's three or four, anything in the in the 60s, uh, this thing, I mean, it's not over, but we've seen collapses in the past, and, and you, you, who knows what can happen on especially 17 and 18 down the stretch. He hasn't won since 2013, so this might be a bit of an unfamiliar uh, territory for him. Of course, when he won that U.S. Open, it was sort of like a backdoor victory. It was sort of, oh yeah, Webb Simpson's in this. He's posted this number. Holy crap, he's the U.S. Open champion. So so uh, if, if he can post, as you said, yeah, three, four, under if you post better than four under um you know lights are out good night and web simpsons unless he shoots 80 which we've seen from other guys this week uh this thing's probably over yeah like and and what i mean by saying like he shoots three four over for just forget it but if he shoots two under that gets him to 17 under yeah. so now you're looking at at that point you're looking at the eights and tens as mm-hmm. really the only guys here that can that can force him with a special round. So now you're looking at you know nine players, as opposed to twenty or thirty guys that could apply some pressure. You know, uh, if he shoots uh, something like seventy four, seventy five, well now mm-hmm. I think we can go down the leaderboard into the sixes yep. and, and 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 you know and potentially say, well, God, if someone in the sixes finds a round is sixty five. Well, if he shoots even 65 and you're 600, that's 11 under. Mm-hmm. He falls back to 13 under. You got a golf tournament. So I think if he shoots three, four under, like you suggest, you almost eliminate everybody. Mm-hmm. If you shoot one or two under, like I suggest, you've taken almost everybody out of this unless you're in the top 10, which really narrows the field because now on Championship Sunday, you need to beat six, seven, eight, nine guys. You don't need to beat 30, 40 guys. Mm-hmm. And that is a much easier task on a Sunday with everything on the line. On the other side, Skull, we're going to do leaderboard updates. There is a little bit other golf going on mm-hmm. in the world of golf. My, my home country, <laughs> <laughs> the Rocco Forte Open. Oh, Have yeah. You seen some? Oh, it is gorgeous, man. Uh, Sicily, like, like it is like they're in an island resort, the Rocco Forte Resort in, in on the beaches of a resort town in Sicily. It looks absolutely stunning. So if you're a European tour player that didn't qualify for the Players' Championship and that's your fallback position, (laughs) not so shabby. Hello. I'm pretty sure all the wives and family found themselves on that trip. No no one's skipping that one. We'll get to leaderboards uh, next, and we'll get some final thoughts on the Players' Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more.
This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, live on location, Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. Mr. Weeks already on the course, efforting for TSN this afternoon. I'm excited. I'm getting ready to host PGA Tour Live, which I've never done before. I'll be hosting the featured hole coverage this afternoon. So if you just want to see what's going down at the drivable par 412 and the Island Green 17th, it's a fun way to watch the championship to have that off going on on the side. You can see all the car crashes, birdies, eagles, etc. while the traditional broadcast is running on terrestrial TV. So looking forward to hosting that. There are some things. That's from 2 to 4 this afternoon, by the way, 2 to 4 in Eastern time. There are other golf uh, events happening in the world, including the Italian Open on the European Tour. So Adam Scully with me now. Skulls, what's happening elsewhere in the world of golf. Yeah, elsewhere in the world of golf here. We're going to start right where you said, the European Tour at the Rocco Forte Open, which should be sponsored by Amarone and some fedoras, perhaps, but uh, you know, we'll see if that happens uh, a little later uh, down the road. They're currently midway through the third round here. Joachim Lagergren of uh, Sweden and Julian Guerriere. They are currently tied at 10 under par. Let's look out here for Austin Connolly. He is six shots off the pace, 65 today. He's already in the clubhouse. So another, it looks like another uh, a good finish here for our Canadian friend Austin Connolly on the web.com tour, the Knoxville Open. Uh, former PGA Tour winner Derek Ernst, your leader after two rounds at 11 uh, under par. He's leading uh, there. And, of course, we have the Players' Championship. A pretty uh, pretty quiet week aside from the players around the uh, world of golf. Webb Simpson, of course, your leader at uh, 15 under par. Five-shot lead over Charles Schwartzel, Patrick Cantlay, and Danny Lee. All three Canadians made the cut, of course. Uh, Skulls, uh, you know I like Jason Day to do, make yeah. a move today. And the reason I like Jason Day to make a move today is just because you just can't putt that well and and score poorly. I don't care how bad the iron play can be. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's not. A, he, he claims that he, he's found a little something and it's on the right path again. But those putting stats are just tremendous. And he's putting incredibly again this week. Maybe the only person in the field putting better than Jason Day is our leader, Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. But J-Day, this is not a week for J-Day. This is now a four- or five-month stretch of brilliant mm-hmm. putting from uh, all distances, and especially in that real go zone around 10 feet where you're making 30 putts and par putts to keep tournaments alive. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody here that sticks out at you? Is there a name where you go, okay, you know, that guy? He's got 65 or better in Yeah, absolutely. He's currently tied for fifth. That is Mr. Alex Norin. Uh, he's had a pretty darn good year uh, thus far with three top three finishes. Uh, he's missed his last two cuts, but so far at the players, 66-69. Uh, he's a guy, as we've seen uh, in past tournaments, especially at the match play, as we remember, uh, his putter, uh, you know, if it gets hot, he's one of the best players on tour. He's an unbelievable ball striker very accurate of course lost in that playoff uh, to J-Day earlier uh, in the season uh, as well at the Farmers Insurance Open so I, I'm looking at Alex Norn as, as one guy to look at there's so many guys though Mark it's seven under that if, if they can go out and just have you know another seven under round depending on the weather maybe you get up to, to eight or nine uh, depending how the the course is playing today like a Sergio or a Cooch or a DeChambeau or a DJ or if Adam Scott can figure out his uh, his his wand uh, 
long broomstick putter not anchoring. God forbid. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who, uh, what the, those guys can do. Yeah, and it really all depends on Webb Simpson and the number he posts yep. today, because yep. that will eliminate a lot of guys, or it will bring a lot of guys in. And if you think the winning score is twenty under or better, then you think right now Webb Simpson has won this golf tournament. Sure. If you think the winning score is somewhere around fifteen, sixteen, seventeen under then you think there's a lot of players that can still win this golf tournament. And, you know, you touched on something there, Scully, before we wrap up today's mm-hmm. show. How long before the USGA decides they're going to ban what uh, Kuchar and yeah. Simpson and guys like that are now doing? But Webb Simpson now goes out and wins the Players' Championship and wins in a landslide. Let's take the Webb Simpson gets to, like, 25 under par and waxes the field and blows them away strokes game putting. Next thing you know, USGA back in the drawing board, making everybody's life a nightmare with anchoring rules. I don't, you know what? Don't put it past the governing body, Scully. Yeah, you know, and at some point, everyone's just, it's going to be ruled to just putt with your eyes closed, I think. You know, we're, we're going to go down to that, I think. That might be the next uh, rule of action. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, thanks so much Thank you. for jumping in. See you Tuesday yep. back in studio for our one-hour Players' Championship wrap-up special. So looking forward to that. Yep. So Bob and I will be back in studio in Toronto, and uh, we'll talk then. And uh, keep it in the fairway this weekend. I'm going to try my best, and who knows, maybe another uh, another one. I might have to get really lucky, though. You, know, you never know. <laughs> I'm going fun. Uh, remember, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It continues throughout the summer. We give away over $20,000 worth of TaylorMade product throughout the entire year. This week, it's an M3 driver, the same driver that Jason Day used to win last week at the Wells Fargo Championship. And boy, did he pound on that driver all week. And maybe it's the driver he uses to get back in the tournament and win again this week. We're giving it away along with $20,000 worth of product and the grand prize, a full set of TaylorMade golf clubs through the bag, custom experience, tour experience, along with a Stewart X9 electric trolley from our friends at JPSM Golf. And let's not forget that that grand prize alone is worth $8,000, but the only way you can win is if you subscribe to us on YouTube. Golf Talk Canada TV and radio on YouTube. Subscribe, and you'll have a chance to win. And next week, I think next week we start kicking away Free golf. The Muskoka Bay free golf giveaway kicks off next week here on Golf Talk Canada. We're giving away free golf at Muskoka Bay every week throughout the summer here on Golf Talk Canada. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the weekend of the Players' Championship. And remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.